Hi guys. I'm so grateful that I've got a chance today to talk to Linda Naip. Linda Naip is one of my fellow authors, co-authors on our beautiful Depression Light to Me. And it is an honor for me to have you here, Linda. Welcome to my show. Thank you, Stefan. Thank you for, for putting this book together and giving us all a voice. Oh, beautiful. What made you, what attracted you to be a co-author in this project? Um, I just I just started writing a few months before and I met one of the other co-authors, um, Nefertiti and Miguel, at an author's conference. And uh so she called me and we got to we got to be um, writing colleagues there. And she called me at the beginning of the summer and said that you were putting together this book and mm. she was very excited about it. And she thought that it would be a, a good venue for me to tell, you know, one of my stories of mm. <laughs> emotional turmoil. Mm. And you're laughing about it now, but I'm sure that when you went through that turmoil, uh, your feelings about it were very different to to now, let me guess. Uh, yeah, um, it's it's funny because you know how life has its ups and downs. And right now I'm in a period of life where there, it's there's a lot of turmoil and chaos and it's been a bit of an emotional struggle again. And I was thinking earlier in the week, oh my gosh, I've written this chapter about overcoming depression and I'm going on this podcast and I'm really feeling pretty depressed this week. Um, but that's life. And I talked about that in the chapter two, that I know what I need to do now. Um, and, and that was a process, but yeah, oh. I had a lot of emotional turmoil for a lot of years. Hmm. Um, and, and reading the stories in the book always makes me like, it, it's not good to compare yourself, but people, everybody has got such different stories hmm. and some really heart wrenching life experiences. Hmm. I've had a pretty good life. <laughs> And okay, there is that argument that that maybe we should be more grateful, regardless how bad uh, we perceive our life to have been. And many of us have got horrendous traumas, you're quite right. Um, so there's that the role of gratitude, but typically we don't see that when we were when when we are in the middle of the the darkness. What were some of the lies that your depression told you? You know, I've been thinking about that, and it's the lies we tell ourselves. Mm. It's it's the lie of I'm not good enough, you know, and I, I I talked about this, and it was funny because I gave this story to my kids to mm. read right after I wrote it, and um, they have, my, a couple of my sons have little ones, and I, I talked about that negative self-talk that kids do and not all kids do it but I was I, I mean I had really loving family I was very lucky but I was the oldest daughter I was the second oldest but the oldest daughter and I was I was helpful and mm. you know 
people people talked about how helpful and everything I was. Mm. So anytime I got corrected, I would like I would like perseverate on that and and really beat myself up about it if yeah. I could perceive that I was doing so much. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. the one. I was the one who was doing it to myself, but I was so young that I just kind of grew up with that negative self-talk. And I was I was in therapy for like five or six years after a number of after I had um, PTSD for sexual assaults that I had when I was a young adult. And I think over those five years, more people told me that I was harder on myself than, you know, than anybody ever would be on me. And I started to realize that I still am, but I, I, I know it about myself. I know what I'm doing now. Um, but I think that you don't have to have a bad life, but some people, it's, it's, I, I kind of lived on a pedestal, you know, my parents loved me, my, my relatives, my siblings, I was mm. lucky, I had a great life, but, you know, nobody's perfect, and you start feeling like you need to be perfect, but you know you're not, and so then it starts to be living a lie, and that's mm. kind of the lie you tell yourself, you kind of mm. say, I need to be this person that everybody is, that I perceive everybody is expecting me to be. Mm. And it's really hard to maintain that. And you start beating yourself up when you start finding yourself falling short. And you need to keep it secret, which is one of the worst things you can do in depression. You keep things secret. <laughs> because then you absolutely can't talk to anybody about it. <sighs> So. And that is such a bullshit, isn't it? It's such yes. rubbish. But we all do it. We all think there's no way that anyone else could possibly understand what I'm going through. Yeah. And you feel, as as you said, yeah, there's this guilt and shame um, that stops you even further. These evil twins of emotions. Oh, I hate them. Well, it's not always even shame. Sometimes it's just chaos. I mean, mm. you think so deeply about things, and especially people that that are very reflective. You think really deeply about things, and then you can kind of sometimes dig yourself a hole. And in my case, it would be like, oh, my God, I couldn't possibly ever explain all of this that I'm thinking, and it's too much. I don't even want to start. I'm just going to put it away and try not to think about it, which was the worst thing that I could do. And then, you know, all the little things that I would get embarrassed about, just, you know, pro probably for all the same reasons that I wasn't perfect, <laughs> and people might find out. Mm -hmm. But things that I would be ashamed of, like that would really, those would fester. And like a week or two down the road, I would suddenly be in full-blown, well, like flat mood, just yeah. no joy and everything. And I, I talk about in my, in my chapter that I was um, really fortunate. I mean, I, I have a great family, but, you know, I, I was so fortunate to marry um, this wonderful man after he was my second husband and he, he was just brilliant. 
but he also, for one thing, I was not on a pedestal <laughs> with him. He just, all he wanted and let me know it, that we're just all human. <laughs> but when he would see me getting flat, he would sit me down and just get me to talk. And I wouldn't even know what it was anymore because it would have been buried. And we'd just talk and talk until I finally get to that thing that made me embarrassed or ashamed. And he just always had a great perspective. And it was never, he never judged me or made me feel like there was something wrong. And suddenly I would realize that it wasn't anything that was worth my being embarrassed or ashamed about. It was my perseverating on it. <laughs> my just persevering in those thoughts <laughs> until I really worked myself into being embarrassed. So um, so I, I have him to thank for mm. by finally really putting it behind me and knowing what I need to do. Um, which is which is so beautifully said. I mean, what would you tell the spouse of someone who is now going through active depression? What advice would you give them? Well, I think it's it can be difficult when you have someone who especially is you don't understand why or what's going on. I think that happens with a lot of people. Hmm. And I think it's really important for starters, no matter what you do, to not to not find yourself judging them. And that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing not to do hmm. because you don't understand. And, and you want to just say, snap out of it. But the acceptance, like a counseling term, I, I was a school counselor for my career, is unconditional positive regard is just no matter what someone tells you, you are going to still positively regard them. Mm. It's okay what you say, you know? And I had some students who did some pretty, some pretty difficult stuff. And I would end up having to say, I want you to know that I worry about some of the things that you're doing, but I understand, you know, what you're talking mm. about and to just, you can say that to somebody. You can say, I worry mm. what your what your where your mind is right now. And I worry, you know, what you're putting yourself through, but I want you to know that you are important to me and, and you are okay with me. And Beautiful. I think that, that when my husband kept on doing that over over a period of years, I just finally started to really accept myself. And like I said. You know, I was never on a pedestal with him. Um, we were googly-eyed over each other. And, you know, we were very much in love. But, um, but yeah, he, he was very practical. <laughs> Brilliant. How would you explain? He, um, he, I lost him a little over a year and a half ago. And... Um, my brother-in-law, who had lost his wife, said, you're going to be depressed. And I waited for it, and I waited for it. And I think over those years, I became so grateful for the life that I had and just accepting that, that even though I missed him and still do like crazy, I'm still grateful that I had him. I'm so grateful. Beautiful. Oh, how beautiful is that? 
How would you explain depression to a child? Um, I think in in the children that I've talked to, it's it's not well. It it can be a sad it can be a sad a really sad feeling. But then for boys, it's often a very mad feeling. Anger, <laughs> resentment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's just not seeing the good parts of life, you know, mm -hmm. feeling feeling bad about yourself. I mean, that's pretty, uh, that's common among just about anybody who's depressed, whether it's a boy or a girl or an adult or anything, is they don't mm -hmm. feel good about themselves. And mm -hmm. and I've talked with many a depressed child, and and that I think what my husband did for me, and honestly, I had an awesome psychi uh, psychologist, and just that being able to talk and have somebody. Um, validate what you're feeling and still be really good with you is hugely important. And so that's what I would do with kids. And that's what I would tell their parents. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. That that's, it's a hard thing to do sometimes, but. <laughs> Very beautiful. One last question. What message would you send back to your younger self when you were yourself in the darkness? What message would you tell that girl or that young woman? Well, I started with that chaotic kind of feeling when I was 17, when I was a junior in high school. I found that kind of common too that kids about that age are approaching adulthood and just, I, th I think what I tell myself now is you're, you're gonna get through this. You're going to get beyond this, you know? And it's never, life is never good all the time. Mm. You never feel good all the time, but you don't feel bad all the time either. Life is ups and downs. And if you just persevere, you know, it's it's going to get better again. And I think that when you're in the midst of it, you don't feel like that. And I, the, the gratitude that I feel even when I'm not feeling great now, um, the gratitude that I feel about life and the looking at all of the things that I have mm. instead of all of the stuff that I want or that I don't have or will never have or it doesn't mm. matter. It doesn't matter. All of the things that I have is what matters and I'm so grateful for the life I have. Beautiful. I that message, if I could have said that to my young self would have that would have been the big message. Look at everything you've got. Mm. Beautiful. 
Linda Neib, one of my gorgeous uh, co-creators of Depression Light to Me. Linda, thank you so much for coming on to my show. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely. Yeah. And you guys, you guys, stop recording stop stop listening to this recording go out there get the book because these stories are so beautiful and heartwarming we have got some wonderful storytellers and it is it's just pure honest authentic uh messages from people who have gone through depression and are now telling us about the lies that depression told them so go out there, but in the interim, also live with passion. Bye. Bye. Thank you.